This is Winning Cures Everything. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Uh, you can follow us over at winningcureseverything.com. As always, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, follow on Twitter at Winning Cures, and you can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. We appreciate you guys for coming in checking out the daily show. Again, it's on the podcast. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. Um, share it out for us. Help us out there uh, to help, help grow that audience uh, as much as you can. Uh, on today's show... Uh, we're talking about how Fox dropped the Big 12 title game. Uh, Brandon Wimbush, Notre Dame quarterback, is transferring to Central Florida. New Jersey sports gambling handle from July through December was massive. Uh, we're going to talk about the controversy at the DraftKings uh, Sports Betting National Championship, and that is interesting. And we're going to give you some college basketball picks. Uh, but right off the top, I went 2-3 and three last night in college basketball. Just utterly inexcusable. I can't even tell you what is happening. I'm 17-24-1 since last Wednesday. Before that, I was 27-14. and 14. Explain this to me. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I've lost it, um, but I'm coming back tonight. Tonight, I got four spreads and one, uh, one total to give you. We'll, we'll jump into that. Next up, hole 30. My wife got me involved in Whole30. I don't know anything about this stuff. But, uh, but she, you know, she cooks and, and she's meal prepping and all this. She wanted for New Year's for us to start eating better, etc. In two weeks, we, all right, so we had a, a cheat meal on Saturday night down at the casinos in Tunica. Right? Had a nice big 16-ounce Delmonico ribeye. Awesome stuff some cream spinach, some garlic mashed potatoes, all that. That was my cheat meal. And since the first of the year, I have lost 12 pounds. It is insane to me how much different, because it's not working out. I'm not doing anything different than I was. And the only thing different is eating. And it has made a humongous difference so I'm going to vouch for that. My wife did a, a fantastic job with that. I'm eating sweet potatoes and chicken and vegetables every day and, and different fruits and whatnot, uh, but no processed foods. So go, go check that out if you're into it. Uh, there's no, no processed sugar, no none of that mess, and it is uh, not as bad as you would think. So I'm getting to drink as much coffee as I want to. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, but let's jump into the topics uh, let me grab a drink here. My my throat, it's been cold and hot and what it's it's killing us down here. Down here in Memphis. So let's jump in. Fox drops the Big 12 championship game. Uh, they are citing that scheduling was a concern. I don't know how much I buy this. Now, the Oklahoma Texas Big 12 championship game had over 10 million viewers, which is pretty good. I mean, that, that's pretty good, but it was nothing compared to the SEC championship game. It was the second most watched championship game, but um, for last year, Oklahoma TCU did basically nothing. This year was the perfect storm. It was on ABC. It was 11 a.m., the first game on championship Sunday or Saturday. It was great, right? You had the perfect matchup with Texas and Oklahoma, and... Yeah, 
I mean, everything went perfect there. But Fox decided that if they have the uh, the property on odd-numbered years, because this will be between ESPN and Fox, Fox decided if they have it in odd-numbered years, the chances are that they will end up with a TCU, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, something like that. And if you don't have Texas and Oklahoma, that thing's not going to rate real well. And if it doesn't rate well, what's the point of, of trying to go head-to-head with the Big Ten championship game, the ACC championship game, the SEC championship game? They've already got the Pac-12 championship game in other numbered years, right? So they had it this year. They'll have it again in uh, in 2020. So if you've already got that and you don't feel like you're willing to pay what the Big 12 wants, which is $20 million, I can understand it. I, the last thing that they gave to them was uh, in the high teens, right? So $17, 18000000 million uh, per year for the game. And Fox said it's not worth it which is crazy considering all the different properties they're buying right now. They are in the live sports business. And it's, I think, a, a sign of the times of what's coming ahead for the Big 12 and, and for the Pac-12 for that. Those TV properties are not worth as much as SEC, Big 10, and then we'll see what the ACC does. Uh, this year was was not a good year for them. Even though Clemson won the national championship game, the rest of the league was incredibly down, incredibly down. So if you don't have, you know, a lot of really good teams or really big brands, the worth to television networks is not that much anymore. So they, they would rather go with something else. I mean, they're they're doing Friday night WWE stuff, and that's worth viewers. So I'm curious to see what direction this goes whenever the Big 12 is back up, because I, I think they were overpaid, and the TV market is going to fluctuate and get back to level eventually. All of these big conferences have been overpaid for, for their television rights. Just completely overpaid. And some of them are, are closer to being worth what they were paid than others. The Big 12 and the Pac-12, I don't think were. But prove me wrong. We'll see what happens. Next up, Brandon Wimbush, transferring to Central Florida from Notre Dame. Now, you want to talk about a change of scenery. Going to Orlando from South Bend, Indiana, uh, his winters are going to be a lot warmer. I can tell you that. Um, he's only got one year left to play. I think that this tells us that McKenzie Milton is not going to be back next season. I don't think he's going to recover in time uh, to be in this quarterback battle. And I, I could be wrong. But I don't think Wimbush goes there to sit on the bench, right? I, I think he thinks he can beat out Daryl Mack, and I don't blame him. You know, if you've only got one season left, you want to go to a high-powered offense where you can put up some numbers and really show yourself in front of NFL scouts, right? You want a shot to get to the league, and that's what Wimbush is doing. Uh, he's going somewhere with an easy schedule that – has a history of high-flying offenses, and and he thinks he can really make a difference there. And I'm sure that he believes that Josh Heupel can work with him. And I'm sure Heupel believes that he can too. So I think this is a good move. I'll be interested to see what happens there. Uh, Next up, New Jersey sports gambling handle from July through December was $1.24 billion. 
that is a massive, massive number. And I, I got to tell you, the biggest surprise of all was that $730 million of it was from online gambling. Now, the states that just have the brick-and-mortar shops, their numbers are okay. And the main goal for them, like Mississippi, like Tunica, the main goal for these places is to uh, bring people into the casinos because you want the actual gaming revenue to go up as well. But the problem there is that you are not capitalizing on the market. People would much rather be able to just type in on their phones, right? I mean, you want to be able to just make a bet right before a game starts. You don't want to have to drive to Tunica or to wherever the casino is just to make a bet. So professional bettors do it. Guys that are looking for a a weekend away from the family or a day away from the family, they'll go do it. But you don't see many family trips to the uh, the casinos, right? You don't see a lot of um, – you you get my point. You get my point. Uh, Your clientele is limited when it is only brick and mortar, and New Jersey has proved that. $730 $730 million from $1.24 billion was in online gambling. And that's just the sports betting. The New Jersey handle just for gaming revenue was $2.46 billion. I was amazed, amazed at that number. Uh, I'm curious to see what it's going to be for Mississippi with, with them only having brick and mortar. I think Delaware is only brick and mortar. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll get the numbers, and, of course, we will talk about it on the show here. Next up, number four, DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship Controversy. This past weekend, I posted about it on the Facebook page uh, and on Twitter, the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship. It seems like a good idea. It's really interesting. I, I don't know if I really like the premise of you can only bet on the games for that weekend. I think a national championship should be for the entire season. But the national championship for sports betting You had to pay $10,000 to get in, and you had to bet on games from Friday through Sunday. And you had a hypothetical bankroll, right? They gave you $100,000 or whatever it is, or $50,000, $10,000, who knows. Um, The winner ended up having over $100,000 winnings. And Rufus Peabody, who was in third place after the Pats and the, um, the Chargers game, he had the Pats minus three and a half, but he had put everything he had on it. And he was an online better. He didn't actually show up in New Jersey for the championship, for the competition. The problem that they had is guys that were already on site could go up to the, to the teller and get their funds pushed through quicker because the Pats game ended right up against the beginning of the Saints and Eagles. But you couldn't live bet the Saints and Eagles. So if your money was all tied up in the Saints game, or in the Pats game, you had to wait until your winnings cleared before you could bet on the Saints and the Eagles. Now, had he left some money out for the Saints and the Eagles and not gone all in, like, that's, that's a different strategy. Obviously, when you are betting in a competition, it is different than what you would be doing with your, and with hypothetical money, 
it is different than what you would be doing with your own money. You would have put money on both of these at the same time. Uh, you would not have gone all in on the Patriots, right? You're trying to win a competition. You feel really good about something. You put everything on one game, and then you're not just going to go right back and put everything in on another game. Um, but the competition was was stirred up. It was a little wonky because guys that were on site were able to go in and get their stuff pushed through so that they could get money on the Saints and Eagles. And the guy that ended up winning is one of those that did that. And because Peabody was not on site, he couldn't get his winnings through. He didn't even get to bet on the Saints and the Eagles game. It was really interesting. You Go follow Rufus Peabody on Twitter, and, and he will tell you all about it. They, uh, they have a podcast, uh, him and, and Jeffrey Ma, I believe is his name. Um, but, yeah, go, go listen to them. Go check out his Twitter. Uh, it was an interesting, interesting uh, situation that, that transpired down there. Uh, I did want to bring up real quick Cleet Blakeman. He is the head ref for the Chiefs and the Pats. So Chris and I are going to record Wednesday night. We're going to give you our previews for the NFL stuff. But go check out Cleet Blackman. He is the head referee for the Chiefs and the Patriots game. He is the referee that uh, that messed up, not messed up, but was part of the deflate gate situation for the Pats. He's the one that, that gave the lower than average numbers when he was in the back, he was an alternate referee for that Colts-Pats game. Very interesting that they have him working this game. It's on the road. It's a Patriots game. You wonder if maybe he's a little bit biased. Uh, kind of leaning Chiefs minus three here. Kind of leaning Chiefs minus three. Uh, let's jump into the college basketball picks. I got five games for you tonight. We're jumping off the schneid. We're getting back to where we were First game up, I got an over for you. Central Michigan at Northern Illinois, over 155. Central Michigan is number eight in the country in scoring. They average 88 points per game. They're number 242 in defensive efficiency. Northern Illinois is number 28 in offensive efficiency. Uh, Pace of play is going to be fine in this game. Both teams like to move it. They both like to score. I'm going over 155 here. Game number two, I've got Tennessee minus 14 against Arkansas. And, yeah, that seems crazy, right? The line opened up at 16. It seems insane that anybody would take 14 points uh, or would give up 14 points to Arkansas. Look, Arkansas has lost two straight games. Uh, all of them have been close, but these are teams that they are equal with, right? Equal. Tennessee has covered four straight. They are averaging beating SEC teams by 27 points. 27 points. Two of those were on the road. I mean, that's just astronomical numbers. Tennessee is playing out of this world right now. I think they handle Arkansas at home. Next one up, game number three, Ole Miss minus four against LSU. Ole Miss has covered nine straight as a favorite. They are still not getting a whole lot of Vegas love. Uh, LSU still trying to figure things out, right? And going on the road to Oxford, that's a tough place to play now. The Pavilion, brand new building. It's only a couple of years old. Uh, that that home crowd is a serious advantage for Kermit Davis. I really like Ole Miss minus four here. Uh, game number four, Florida plus four and a half at Mississippi State. I know State's coming off two losses. They're at home. You're thinking they got to bounce back, right? They got to bounce back from this. Well, Florida's also coming off losses. Uh, 
they are Florida is a very good defensive team. Mississippi State is a really good offensive team. This is strength against strength. I like what Florida does on defense to keep this game lower scoring than usual. Uh, I didn't touch the over-under on this one, but I do think that Florida keeps this game really close. So plus four and a half is the play here. Finally, game number five, the last one, Buffalo minus 14 at Western Michigan. Buffalo is 11-2 against the spread this year. They are 6-1 and one against the spread away from home. Uh, their lines, I mean, they've covered lines in the past three, four games of 16.5, 11.5, 14.5. They are absolutely rolling right now. Western Michigan is terrible. Uh, 14 is not enough. It's just not enough points. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do feel good. I feel like we might have us a 5-0 and night. That'll get us right back on track. Uh, so far on the season, let me, let me look up what our stats are. So far on the season, we are 40-34-1. So we are, we are going to get back in the right column here. We're going to get rolling. Uh, that does it for the show, of course. Uh, I'm Gary Seegers. You can follow me at GaryWCE. You can find more about us over at winningcureseverything.com. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Help us out. Share out the show. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you guys the next go-round. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at Gary WCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time... Have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.